welcome to another episode of the Cosmic Tape Music Club podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline. I'm Augustus. And together we are the Galaxy Electric. Today we have a very exciting guest for you. I know we normally just do these things, you know, Augustus and I, but today we are bringing a guest in, um, and you may know him as Sign Mountain. You may know him as Dave Soto. Um, but we are very honored to have him here with us today to talk about all the fun, crazy, modular, and, you know, who knows where we'll end up kinds of things that we're going to talk about today. I'm really excited to see where what planet we end up on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Are we in, are we in the portal now? I think we are. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can always you can always be in the portal if you okay cool that's to access yeah. your power out the left window you'll see we're sort of in the portal's green room right yeah. now oh, like okay. yeah like yeah. we're, we're kind of like you know there's there's the, the, you know the janitors like cleaning up in the back like we got you know somebody's cooking you know like so things are happening preparing the for the next you know I love experience the, I love that the yeah. green room is also the janitorial room closet <laughs> and the kitchen somehow that's that's uh yeah all very those efficient space. It was an open exactly. concept. Exactly, it's, well, it's a very it's a tiny concept. house. It's a it's a tiny green room. We're all about efficiency of space, right? Us <laughs> modular people. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess um, you know you know we're interested in tape stuff, but mm-hmm. also modular and how those two things were developing kind of in similar eras at similar times and how they informed each other. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your musical journey and sort of how you got to where you are now? Yeah. yeah. So Sign Mountain is your musical project name, correct? Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Sign Mountain, like maybe like the origin story um, and like... <laughs> make it action packed. We're ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Funny yeah, enough, let's get the, the director's cut. The director's cut, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so I started to do Sign Mountain um, after years, of, or after like about a year, almost two years of like just taking a break on all music um, and all kind of creativity stuff. I, I, you know, growing up, I was in punk rock bands, ska bands, hip hop bands, and then in, when I was in my like. 20s i got really into hip-hop and uh i was doing a lot of mc stuff i had like i had a couple i had a couple drum machines i had uh, a couple keyboards i had no idea about keyboards or or since back then i mean i knew about it but it like i had no idea what patching was i i was just hitting presets and twisting knobs and never taking notes and had you ever played an instrument prior to no, getting like a no. keyboard or like a hip hop setup? No, I mean, I think the closest thing I had is like, I think when I was in sixth or fifth grade, my parents got me a, one of those keyboards that's supposed to teach you how to play. Sure. Like nice Yamahas. And that actually got me into classical music because all those examples were all these cool classical tracks. And I was like, that's pretty um, oh, that's so cool yeah. to know that that was exciting to you. Oh yeah, that was super exciting to me. I mean, um, I my my I had a pretty interesting, you know, musical. I a lot. Of, I had a lot of music in the background. My parents mm-hmm. weren't musicians or anything like that, but my dad had a really good collection of music, and my dad was also the kind of person who really wanted to get like the the new you know, hi-fi system. Oh, yeah, totally. But we had, we had the CDs before anybody on our block, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And uh, so I listened to a lot of his music, a lot of Motown, a lot of Tex-Mex. Um, and then... And what was your of, favorite medium? Uh, well, at the time, I think it was... Well, it kind of goes kind of two ways because I think the CDs things was, was awesome. Like right. hearing hearing the Temptations on on CD that first time, I was like, wow, and I was like, dang, this sounds really rich. And I was so used to hearing it, you know, on AM radio mm-hmm. and hearing Motown like on records with the pop and the crackle, which was cool. But I, I you know, to hear Hi-Fi like that was really amazing. But at the same time, I was, you know, I would go to the store and I would buy little forty fives. 
and I had, I remember I had a Dire Straits 45, and I thought that was so cool. So I bought a lot of 45s back then, a lot of like cool. rock and roll 45s. And then, and I really got into the B-sides. I was, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this 45, mm. and the B-sides is the surprise, you know, yes. track. And so I remember doing that. I remember, um, so another thing my dad also did, because he liked everything, to have everything brand new, we had cable. And we were like the first kids on the block to have cable. And I don't even I, remember I, what that was really li- like. It was, it was crazy. It was like, crazy. So like MTV was the thing, right? Like oh, yeah. it was such a big deal. Like I had MTV 24-7. We don't know who you're talking to right now. <laughs> like we are like no, still to this day pretty big MTV fans. So. <laughs> the nostalgia is just it's so huge for us. And we're yeah. mainly like vintage MTV fans, but like we yeah. are Right. All that was like the reason to watch TV. It was the reason to have cable. We're all amazing. in on was, MTV. Was, we're MTV diehard. <laughs> That's awesome. Right or die. The little astronaut on the moon oh absolutely absolutely so so i could wear one of those shirts and it would not just be like some random thing i saw at target it would be like for real you mean it true love yeah well yeah and there's so that was pretty that was also really what did you have like the congregation of the neighborhood like coming over to watch mtv yeah yeah i'd have my friends over come around my friends over because we also watch Showtime and HBO. Ooh, oh, yeah, that's... I think I watched, like, Scarface, like, a hundred times right? before I was even in seventh grade. <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, you know, I was like, I shouldn't be. But I was really... It was like... That's how things work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, like, mouthing it along. Oh, no, the worst thing is, like, there's that... There's that... I can't think of how it goes right now. I'm glad, I shouldn't try to even bring it up. But there's this terrible, terrible song in... Scarface, and it's something like "Take It to the Limit." Yeah, it's just like oh, this yeah. really awful track. And I remember just thinking how awful that was because you know the Miami Vice was out by then, and the oh, Miami yeah. Vice like the theme song was so big, which I bought the forty-five for that. You know, yeah, it's got so many. I had a white jacket that I would wear with like fluorescent shirts, like when I was a kid. Like I had like the Don Johnson jacket. Don Johnson look. Oh my god, that's a cool look. And I would wear that with a mullet. You know, like that was my like fancy going out to dinner. Like oh, you're killing jacket. Yeah, I knew. And it was in Florida. Yeah, Jacqueline has never heard this. Oh, this is too much. I'm gonna have to put that in a box and like. Where in Florida were you at? Uh, well, it was Daytona Beach. Okay, during that era. I was so like Miami Vice era. Little guests in my in Daytona is is rocking the mullet with the nice. Don Johnson vibe. Mm-hmm. I think the first yeah. time I went, I was to Augustus Johnson. <laughs> I thought I thought for sure flamingos were all over Florida. That was like what I thought. I just thought I've never seen a real me. flamingo. See, that's what everybody I talked to yeah. from from Florida. Like, there's no flamingos here, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. But, hilarious yeah oh i was gonna say so you you were collecting a lot of 45s and you said you had you know like drum machines and stuff and you're doing working in hip-hop like mm-hmm. i imagine those things informed each other oh yeah totally yeah that was yeah i got i got a drum machine because i wanted to start doing more like tracks on my own um and, and, this, and <laughs> yeah i just wanted to like just get more into it and uh at that time there was um you know, there was a weird time in hip hop at that point. Like the '90s were over, and you know, there was a lot of diverging styles of hip hop. Like backpack hip hop was kind of like fading out, but there was still like this really cool kind of abstract hip hop scene going on. And I noticed that a lot of them were starting to play instruments like in their sets, like more live, less sample. Well, they were still sampled based, but it was like their instruments were showing up on stages. So we were, I was thinking about that stuff, you know, and thinking how I can get into that at some point. It didn't actually happen. Um, I got, I was way more interested in the, in the lyrics and, and all that stuff, but I had this really good buddy named Josh Powers, AKA Strange Powers. And mm-hmm. He is still like my, my, my best friend, and he was he was really into the making the music part, and his lyrics were ridiculous. So he kind of like he was he was carrying he was doing the heavy lifting with the beats, but I like to like you know jam on something. So I I always had that in the back of my mind. I really liked the way that like 
drum sequencing, drum sequencing worked. So that's something that carried over to like even today, you know. Yeah. Were you using like a sampler or, or like an analog drum that, machine or? There's the, that boss, uh, Dr. Dr. Sample? That wasn't a sample. It was like the, it was just. It was Dr. Just, Beats? Like the, the DR 550 or whatever? It was a DR. I didn't really have an eight in it. I just remember it didn't have samples because it was very like it was very crunchy. <laughs> if you like it screwed around with the filter on it, they really got crunchy. Like it sounded like uh, I don't know, maybe it did have samples, but like it's definitely definitely didn't have yeah, I don't know. I have to look it up. I'll look it up. We'll drop it in the show notes or yes. something. What was that drum? Yes. What was, what was, what was the drum? Yeah, I think I was like using like some like Dr. Groove, you know, box or yeah. something like yeah. that. It was I just remember it was black. With like kind of fluorescent orange. Yeah, no, I actually I had a filter on it, which was like key. About. filter yeah. on it was sick. That yeah. was like half my my style. It was like <laughs> I think that's like know. the SP two hundred two. There you go, or something like that. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> I had a black and fluorescent orange doc uh, Roland boss thing myself and I don't really know what it is anymore either but like yeah I remember making some of my first beats and I borrowed it from my friend like I didn't buy one you know what I mean like I didn't have any money back then yeah. and so like I just borrowed you know like the, whatever crap my friends weren't using you know I would always just try to snag it from them and yeah just run with it <laughs> yeah those are cool like real immediate like satisfaction with those those drum machines they were absolutely cool and it wasn't until i got into djing like i was Mm -hmm. like you know i i lived in a house where there was somebody had turntables at the house and i had collected a a pretty large amount of of hip-hop and uh trip-hop i had a lot of trip-hop you know i was really into trip-hop too so i had all these like records and i was like sweet i'm gonna learn how to dj and beat match and i learned how to beat match and you know hip hop thing didn't really kind of fizzled out, you know, with groups and stuff like that. And, but I was still DJing and then I thought, Oh, I'm going to get like some happy hour gigs, just playing down tempo and hip hop, you know, and just, and then totally. so, I, so I got a gig. I got, I had a buddy who got me a gig doing that. And then that's when it started, like, you know, that's when all that kicked in like, Oh, four, four times. Okay. You know, count the beats, you know, so when I, learning how to beat match top <laughs> time signatures, yeah, I was like 20 something years old. I'm like, Oh, that's what it is. That's After so interesting it, because you were able to get through all of that other musical experience you had without needing that information. <laughs> Or like without it really, I guess, impeding you. Or you know, it's funny. It. Is, yeah, it's funny because I think you know, it's it's funny what people just kind of assume you knew because you were doing music. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, I look at it now. I think I look at most people playing and modular, you know, synth stuff, and I try not to assume that I think that they know it, that they have any background. I, tr- I really try because I'm like I don't want to think like I don't want to think about it. I'm like mm-hmm. they can either be breaking the rule they know or they can have no idea about it. It's totally okay. But my so my my daughter she's in she's going to be in third grade and what they showed her was actually they're actually teaching them a lot of cool music at, at her school right now. It's just a public school, nothing oh, um, cool. extra. But like they showed her some cool like little you know, programs that have like samples and you can kind of rearrange the shapes to make different beats and play different songs. And that's pretty cool. I feel like that actually can go pretty, that'll take them pretty far with like Mm -hmm. visualizing it, you know, structuring it in a way that just sounds weird. music from like a totally different. Yeah. They're not having to be like, you have to learn sheet music and then you can touch the instrument. Not that they play like Mozart. Yeah, exactly. So that's so there is that, and I think that's kind of like the unfortunately, like it's kind of like a it's kind of like it's a cool approach, but it's also an approach they can probably only take because they can't afford instruments. No one's funding it, you know. That's true. Yeah, and it can be justified as like a technology or like a STEM related type thing, right? If we're like talking about you know music and technology, which is you know great, like that's the future. Yeah, you know, and I think like well, you know that in that David Burns book about mm-hmm. music, you know, he has that whole chapter at the beginning about how everybody used to just play music in their house, right? You know, and I think so. I think that's been lost for sure. 
Oh yeah. That's been a major theme in the people we've been covering in the podcast is almost everyone. It's like, Oh, they didn't grow up with music studies, but then you like, you were like, they had like 18 instruments. Everyone had a piano. Everybody's uncle was over playing the bagpipes, like right. constant mean, music and the collections of, you know, the pub listening you know, to you know, people. Music if, too. if it yeah. wasn't, it was a community center, like a pub. Yeah. They didn't really like have that. much else to do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> just, it was in people's lives. And yeah, you're right. I think it had something to do with the, uh, limited maybe options of for entertainment amount of entertainment yeah Yeah. i think it's just it's it was probably more natural to sing you know with your family or with your friends Mm. because that was just an activity but then it got commercialized and it became one of those things where you paid for it yeah Mm -hmm. you know because like you and then if it's not if it's not worth paying for, it must not be worth mm-hmm, listening to. Mm-hmm, it must mm-hmm. not be worth doing. Like, why would you? Why would you? Why would you waste your time learning how to sing or play music if that's not what you're going to do for a living? Which is a terrible thing when you say it out loud. Like, why would you? Why would you? Why would you stymie people like that? Like, why would you do? Oh well, I mean, that's at that point. Why don't we just teach all the kids how to you know outlook? Yeah, how to like look at Excel sheets. <laughs> how to sit because in a what chair. else? Is, I mean, why else teach them anything else? Because it's not. I mean, so. Oh man. Right. Answers but, to emails. That is so good. That's <laughs> exactly. so good. Exactly. Um, wow. Well, I mean, some people would argue that's what schools are kind of doing. They're like, you know, teaching people how to be factory workers. You know, show mm-hmm. up on time, sit in your right seat, do this work. But that's a whole other. That's a whole other discussion. Is, people, I you, know we could get so into. <laughs> you could YouTube that, parents. But uh, uh, but back to me. I'm just joking. Uh, no, I love this. Um, you've just been really enlightening me to things I didn't realize that my subconscious was doing when watching people play music, or especially modular, um, or you know, like anything else you brought up too. This idea of like. Um, if I'm playing music at home with friends and family, does that still have value? Mm-hmm. And um, man, that's, that's some deep stuff. I haven't thought. Yeah, about. It's funny. It's so, it's so, you know, that, that is honestly like one of those things in the back of my mind for when we're doing shows and when we're doing any kind of sharing on there, like this is as close as we can get to the living room with your friends singing along kind of a thing. It's kind of, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here in, in, in Colorado, uh, I wasn't the one who started that. That's actually Alex Anderson from WMD. Oh, right. Nasty Nachos. He started Freak Boutique, and he was really, 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 really passionate. He still is really passionate about telling people, just come and play. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a finished piece. It doesn't matter if you're new to it or owed to it. It doesn't matter if it's music or not you know whatever just bring it in and let's just see what's going on and let's just kind of talk about it and share about it he's been really good about that and those first couple of years especially i remember those real vividly people would sometimes just show up with just a case and be and just be like life patching and just doing weird weird stuff and it was awesome it was awesome to be yeah. in a room where there was like it, they, the expectation was just to be yourself, you know? And mm-hmm. it wasn't like, I'm here for a show and oh, I don't like that. I can't, I can't dance to it or it's not moody, whatever. No one cared about that. It was a totally, it still is a, a totally safe space, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important for modular, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that, like, I feel like the, the, the coolest thing to me about what's happening now with experimental music sort of being at the forefront, in my opinion, like in terms of... We live in a bubble and we think that experimental music is huge right now. Yeah, we, in my bubble, <laughs> I don't know. That's what we think. it's killing it, right? And so, like, in, <laughs> I, I'm really enjoying that because, um, you know, for somebody who's always, like, you know, been to shows where there's like five people in the room and like, you know, somebody's and like, it's not that communal feeling, right? You know, somebody's like playing like a crank, you know, like, <laughs> like oscillator, like the kind of thing that like you would, you know, use as an alarm to like let them know bombs are dropping. Yes. Like, yeah. You know, during a war. Been to that show. Yes. <laughs> you know, and like stuff like that. Like, and this is the song, you know, like, I don't know, just, I love experimental music and and to see it being something that so many people are appreciating with such an open, you know, mind 
you know, it's just nice to be in what feels like at least, you know, I, I know that we're not in physical spaces. Well, I, you know, now I feel like things are changing, which is great, but, um, you know, like it, what feels at least like a, a packed room, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. In, in nice. online space now can feel it, like it's a nice better to be a part than, of that, yeah. you know, to, to at least feel like, Hey, the thing that I'm into that normally would be like, you know, the weirdest thing. And like, maybe I could get a friend to show up if, you know, they're being nice to me, yeah. you know, like to being Oof. something where like, wow, you know, like. Can't ask him again to come to the next one though. There's, there's, this isn't just like one shared booth of like all the manufacturers of synthesizers, you know, anymore. Like this is yeah. like, you know, a pretty, uh, big group, you know, and it's, it's just nice to see it. Like, yeah. So I don't think we've like been super formal about this, but maybe you can talk to us about, you know, you, you, we didn't really get to sign mountains birth and, you know, that moment, but also Colorado modulars since society. So those are the things, you know, maybe we want to hit on a little bit for, you know, so people know what to connect yeah. you to. <laughs> yeah, let me let me try also un- unpack a little bit what you were just talking about there too because there's a, like, there's a few things I probably will forget if I'm bringing them back in too. Um, the, the audience is, is, is really open-minded. We're really lucky to be writing a brand new, a brand, the very first few chapters of this scene and I think, luckily, a lot of people are coming into it, you know, with open mind, open mindedness, knowing that like the last scene they probably came from wasn't like that. And I think that people, I'm hearing from other people, oh, I used to be in this scene. I used to, it's never was like this. No one's ever shared like this. Everything used to be held a secret. It was competitive. All these other things. And I think we know that, and we're trying to, you know consciously not bring that that bullshit into into mm-hmm. into the scene so i think there's the there is that and when you and when you let go of all that ego and you let go of quite frankly the capitalism yeah. of, of of a scene you know trying to like how can i make money or how do i you know if you let that go you can sit back and just enjoy it for what it is and i think that's why we have a, a, those audiences they were like right on He's going to do some experimental stuff and I'm going to hang out and check it out. I'm going to check out the whole thing. And mm-hmm. if he does it again, I'll come back and I'll see it again. You know, I'm going to buy it up, whatever. Like people are into it because they're, they're just, they're not, they're not trying to overthink it. They're just enjoying their, they're letting, they're letting these new textures and sounds and sometimes compositions, you know, like enter into their brain because it is completely new and fresh in a world where everything feels like a copy this is this is a very fresh, and you know, especially if you're doing, if you're into this scene, you know that that is, that it is temporary, and that recording or that performance, you know, is yes, a recording to a certain degree it is, you know, it is being frozen in time. But unlike other things that get frozen in time, it's, it would be very hard to replicate. And sometimes they are not actually recorded. Sometimes it's just a live performance, and yeah. you don't you lose you lose the track of where it's at. But I mean, you you know that that's there. So there's there's also this, you know, sense of urgency to enjoy it and be in the moment, which is so healthy for for whatever you're doing to be in the moment. So I don't I don't know if everyone's really going zen when they're listening to it or going or thinking about it. You know, because they think it maybe not. But I think you know this thing happens through osmosis because of the way it's set up the environment it's like this you go for a walk because you say i need to walk i gotta get my ten thousand steps right your doctor said that okay cool i can walk on a treadmill i can whatever and but maybe i'm just gonna walk take this path you know that's by my house i want to do that i know i'm gonna do that like you go into it we're kind of like i'm just trying to be healthy i'm just trying to do this thing trying to do this thing for myself and i want to learn and want to get better and then as you're walking in that path, you start to notice, I never noticed that tree. I never noticed that type of bird. Man, it's sunny. Now it's hot. And you start to, you start, to start to take in all this stuff. And it wasn't like your intention to be a, a, you know, a nature-loving dude or, or a gal or whatever. You know, like it wasn't like you're, you're, like, you're like, I'm going to go out there. You know? But you might walk back 
you might come back from that walk and you might think more about nature than you ever have in your whole life. And you didn't even mean to. So I, you know, I think that's like what's happening with like the, with modular music or at least in synth music, modular synth scene is that people kind of go into it. They're like, Oh, that's cool. I want it. I want, you know, it's like you hear this all the time. I just don't, I want to go dollars. I want to experiment. <laughs> I want to like, you have something more tactile. True. All true. That's exactly why I got into it. But what I didn't expect, to come out of it, we wanted to be involved in communities, to really want to connect with people, and to really learn a lot about storytelling, you know, through through sound and and understanding, you know, that there's these colors and these these moments and these spaces in this music that makes me think about things that aren't musical. That makes me think about my life. It makes me think about you. It makes me think about us. It makes me think about the the you know what's real and what's not. You know, all these things. And all of a sudden, I become very deep in something that, at the initially, I just wanted to like pull off some speed, steam. Mm-hmm. So, so it's 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 interesting, you know, when you that this is happening, and I'm not sure that we're consciously having this awesome hive mm-hmm. moment together, but we are. Yeah, <laughs> we are. You know, you can see it happening uh, all the time, and when you're playing, it's. Even though you're not in that physical space, you know that there's other people on the other side of the screen. You know. Yeah, you can feel it. You can feel it, and that's the, that's another amazing thing. It's weird. I know, I know we're saying in person, but honestly, we have been in person to a certain degree, right? Yeah, I think so. Probably more. We've been really personal. Yeah, we've been really, really personal during this during this time, and I don't think. That would ever have happened, no matter how cool the venue is. Never. Back to David Byrne. David Byrne plays, yes. you know, CBGB, whatever. Like, how many people have gone to that show? How many of those people who went to the show are, are now best friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not that. There's, 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 the, there's the stage. There's the artist. But what about the people who went to the show? And yes. that's what's different about what's going on right now. It's... It's, sometimes it's not even about the artist. I don't remember that no, guy's right. name. I don't remember her name. I don't remember that show. But I, I remember chatting with somebody and making friends with that person. You know, it's kind of crazy. It's just, it's just a real, it's just a real different thing that's happened that again yeah. I don't think was conscious. But here we no, are. it's been really cool. Like in in what you described about how you kind of just like take the next step to the next sound and kind of like allow it and follow it and it's like that's the same process we've been going through to to be where we are now which is you know when you don't get to control things it's really cool to see how it unfolds but that's just it's rare what we're going through uh normally things are more like manipulated into place so it's really beautiful to see that and we've experienced it it's really interesting doing you know live streamed shows where you want the audience to talk while you're playing which is not usually what I wanted when I was playing live and now I'm like so excited when people are talking but it feels right and I never would have expected that and it's the way to do it I mean if you think about it like it would there's no like when else are you going to talk about what do in the room that's not going to come off as rude or not going to feel disturbing you know, I can like completely and totally listen to something and be a hundred percent into it and type. Mm-hmm. Right. But not talk, but I could right. not do that mm-hmm. and talk, you know what I mean? So it's like, right. that's, that's an interesting aspect of it is I never really even thought about that. You know, the, the idea of like being able to talk and, uh, you know, share thoughts and ideas. Not only- I mean, it's making those deeper connections because you were watching someone perform, you're getting to talk with other people uh-huh. and like, oh, wait, I didn't know that artist was from my town or, you know, like all these things you're, yeah. you're gathering in the moment from other people too. It's it's really strange. Can you, can you imagine going to like a live show like pre-COVID and being like, hey, this is pretty rad. This is cool. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, would, it wouldn't be I'm like, so hey, glad you're here. It's so good to see you. Yeah, this exactly. awesome. so good. Hey guys. <laughs> Every time someone walks into a venue. But like, actually, I can't really imagine hey, it so being so that cute. way after COVID, you know, so it's it not, not, I can't imagine it like changing all of a sudden where like, you know, now I go into you a can show. can or you can't? No, I can't imagine it Everybody being, well, I don't know what anyone looks like. It being like a chat room all of a sudden. Speaking of which, are you planning on going to uh, Knobcon? I was. I've been thinking about it out loud. 
mm. uh, lately. You should um, go. We're going. Yeah. 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 Well, there, <laughs> see, there's a reason. I mean, we're, I, we're advocating. I, I am totally itching to go see as many people as I can for sure. For sure. Yeah. When we saw that pop up, we were like immediately, yes. Yeah. And it's, people, yeah. It's, yes. <laughs> yeah. Flights aren't too expensive. I just got to figure out the, the times and stuff. But yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, it's, uh, it's funny because, like, I think when I look at performances and I look up if I'm watching one or if I'm doing a pre-recorded, if the chat is blowing up, then I feel like people are into it. Even yeah. if they're not talking to me, it's like, I'll be, so it is, it's true. It's like this different etiquette that happens there. It's like the vibe you get. Like, instead of people nodding their heads or, you know, swaying at the music, it's the chat, you know? Like, yes. Cool, this chat's, there's people here, they're talking, they're, in, they're into it. Or, or, or Whereas whatever. if people were joking around amongst themselves, like at oh a, my God, I would at, be horrified. at a show, you'd imagine, you just think like, no one cares, you know, like this yeah, is, why tough. did the venue even have this band play or whatever? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, this like is obviously a mismatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly, everyone's, because I've, you know, we've, and we've seen that, right? We've seen like the opening band totally get dissed and you're like, oh, oh yeah. Well, like we would, for example, play at this bar where the bar itself was just like a raucous like college bar you know like mm-hmm. on the weekends whatever like it was just busy all the time like you know spot but like there was this like tucked in the back i feel like this has been i've seen a lot of venues like this actually like it's like a city thing and like tucked in the back is like this little like, music oh yeah venue we can have bands back here it's where like it's completely <laughs> separated from like yeah. where the people actually the traffic, are <laughs> you know is actually yeah. happening no one knows it's back there your friends yeah, are coming to the show they don't even know where it is yeah or someone's going to the bathroom and like whoa what's this <laughs> yeah. oh, but every once in a while the place would get so crowded that like a few people would be pushed to <laughs> the outer reaches yeah, into yeah, the yeah. venue you know i actually don't know what video you're talking about really yeah um that irish bar downtown oh casey's pub yeah casey's pub right yes exactly casey's pub big venue it's a cool place but yeah it's that exact thing where it's like the people who are there for the music are not the people who are there for the bar we don't know why anyone's putting on shows here what is going on but they were like completely separate institutions don't have to have that kind of experience (laughs) they did not give any fucks about each other That's that's funny that's funny yeah yeah, no, I've 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 DJed situations like that for sure. Oh I've wow! Like, yeah, I bet. like, wow, no one really cares what I'm playing right now. I I was a DJ first and foremost too, like with electronic music and stuff. So yeah. I I related to that early on in your story. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I had my yeah days. I got, I, yeah, I still have. I have most of my records still, which is. I have a lot of them too. It's yeah. so hard to get, I actually yeah, probably have those. gotten rid of probably like half of them just still over feels the years. Like, was, like trying, you know, anything. like giving them to people. I'm moving, yeah. like, hey man, you want to listen to some like UK breaks from the late nineties? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard sell. Yeah, those That's are really tough. Awesome. Yeah, especially when you played them so much and they're just kind of. But I feel like out. you know, there's some like ethereal breaks and stuff that would make oh, good yeah. samples. Like, there's so much good stuff. I feel like I can pull out any one of these and it's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a great track. But that was, I was always rough on everything. And so I, my, my, the covers just look terrible and they're like, no one would ever yeah, buy it. Yeah, mine are so. pretty beat up too. Yeah. I mean, definitely not. You played them. That's good. Right. You collect them. You played them. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. We have that problem. Definitely. So, so, so I did. So I DJed for about, I think, seven years. And I got to a point where I was like, I had this cool little like residency at this cool lounge downtown in Denver called Double Daughters, and you guys would you guys would love this place if you get a chance. Uh, Google Double Wouldn't Daughters it? Denver. Next stop. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. It looks like a crazy like carnival area. It's just, it's really trippy. Anyhow, it was a cool spot to play, and it was very like I can play a lot of stuff there. And uh, I really got into like minimal like house at the end of it i was just like playing really super minimal stuff and um but then i then then i you know uh you know got serious about my career and got you know had you know got married and like i had kids and i was just kind of like i got i can't i can't stay up late anymore i gotta like focus so i just kind of ditched it and you know which is actually probably good because I was just staying up way too late and drinking way too much. Yeah. And and then, you know, then after a while, yeah, you're just like, oh, gosh, i got to do something. I'm starting to get depressed from, like, not doing anything creative and not being around music. And 
again, my, it, was, it was my my buddy uh, Josh Powers, aka Strange Powers, who was like, you know, still doing music. He was still making music, and I went over his house, and he had like uh, that little uh, Korg. What's the little the not the Volco, the one that came out before the Volco? Is that little like delay one? What's that? Oh, the um, Mono Rocket delay. Is that what it's called? It's so. like a little black thing. It has a little keyboard on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, anyhow, he had one of those and I thought that, that might not be it at all. Sounds right to me. It sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was one of those like really cool little like, it was just like a little effects, you know, Korg that was like so small and I thought it was so cool and I was like, wow, they're making that kind of stuff? Like they're making, how much is it? So I immediately, immediately went out and looked looked up for other stuff and I found that the pocket operators and I bought the pocket operator. Oh, sweet. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, sweet. And this is, I, this was my plan. I was like, oh, wow, there's all this cool stuff that's like under $200. I'm going to make a whole like set of stuff that's under $200. <laughs> and I'm going to like, <laughs> that's going to be my thing. Oh, wow. Those digits and gadgets and, you know, it's going to be so sweet. So I was like looking and thinking about it. And, and then I saw the No Coast and I was like, well, that does look pretty cool, you know, and all the, all the wires and everything. That's, I don't know anything about Eurorack. I don't know anything about Synths, but that thing was really cool. And, you know, those very first couple of videos they had for it, and those are super experimental, right? It was just like, I'm like, there was like nothing musical very about those. Yeah. yeah, it was super West Coast. And it was just like, and this is, and I was like, damn, that is so cool looking. Like, I don't have to worry about like, cares if there's a keyboard there's no keyboard to it you can just plug it in yeah if that thing would have been out when i would have gotten into it like that was not out yet when i got into modular um but i probably would have wanted to check that thing out it was it still looks cool to me Um, yeah yeah it was it was it was pretty amazing and uh all those really great like early videos of like how to patch it and all the all the ideas there like they were sharing that Walker was sharing on those. Yeah, all the Walker stuff. <laughs> it was so good, you know, and it was enough to for me to abandon that idea that I had of just getting Volcas or oh, whatever I other like little. There. That's so and cool. I was like, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. You could have been and king of the micro sampler, man. Could have been. Could have been that guy. I could have totally <laughs> been that guy. I remember I did. I got a. What happened was, um, I bought, uh. Is it Modo? Model? I don't know. M O D A L. Those guys that make they make really nice synths. They had like this oh, DIY. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had like this DIY synth, like that you can kind of like piece together. It was like five little boards and you put together, and it was, it was a really cool um, little synth. And I bought that, and I had to like hook it up to a iPad to make it work. And now things were getting like too complicated, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not liking that. And like it had like a faulty like part on it and we troubleshooted it and it was like no this is broken just send it in we'll send you another one and i was like you know what no i'm just gonna i just want that no coast so so that, that was, that was, that was it you, you were like forget all this nonsense did you build <laughs> did you build this thing what what is it again like i, I never heard of it oh man it what was it uh yeah it was <laughs> i might have to leave the uh this okay. also in the notes what was it called? Um, yeah, the yeah. listeners are going to want to know what they're going to want to know what the heck <laughs> I'm talking about. What's that's what they're called? Modal, right? I mean, why can't I think of their name? Yeah, sounds that right. sounds right. Yeah, were, yeah. They, were they like little effects pedals? And the, no, they were uh, they were like little. Um, uh, 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 here. Uh, oh yeah, okay. It was the craft sense, craft sense, modal electronics craft. Craft synths. Craft synths. A little monophonic. And they made a drum machine too. They made a craft rhythm. And that has a drum machine. And they were like one, two, three, four, about four little pieces. It came in like a tight little box. Hooked it up. Mm-hmm. It was very it was okay. really simple. It was very simple to put together. It actually sounded really cool. It sounded really great. But it was just like one of those things where it's kind of flimsy, so you weren't going to play out with it. You had to have it hooked up to a, an iPad for it to really like open up. And I didn't have any like 
yeah, it was, so it just wasn't for me, honestly. But, but this was your like stepping stone to get. Yeah. I was trying to get all these little things together. I, mm-hmm. I, I had like a DJ mix. I still have my like a DJ mix, mixer. I was using that for all my effects. I was really piecing it together, you know, with the drum, with the peel, uh, with the pocket operators and mm-hmm. this little thing. And, and then, yeah, it was just weird. So, uh, but no, when I got that Ocos and that was kind of it. Then after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to get like, I'm going to get like a happy ending kit. And then I had this, you know, crazy thing happen with uh, WMD. I've told this story a couple times on other another, another show, so I won't go too deep into it. <laughs> no, we want only fresh content. <laughs> only fresh content. Yeah, but basically I had this thing. Don't where, you dare skip your WMD story, boy. <laughs> boy, we, can't, we got you. We got you. The one thing only. The short version. you do it at the end anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh uh, but the short the short version is that I came across stolen WMD gear and I got it back to WMD, and we became friends. And they gave me a, a Chimera. Yeah, you were. And that oh, was like nice. my first little, that was my first module. So I said a Chimera, a No Coast, and a Happy Ending Kit, and that was like away I went. You know, this guy just got into it. You know, that was like that was. You know, that made it, I was like, this is this is for sure something I get into. Like that experience with with the WMD guys, with Alex and, and Matt um, at the time. You still have the Crimea? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's one of those things I just never, never know. I, I one time thought like maybe I should get something else because I don't want to get into. I don't want to do modular drums. And then I thought about it. and I was like, no, I do. <laughs> that module is sick actually like i remember yeah. when it first came out i forwarded it to my buddy dave and i was like hey man this this does some sweet symbols that's yeah. the module, right yeah it's got yeah, shape yeah, yeah. it sh- was technically it's like there was a shaker kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah the shaker but it's, oh that's right yeah it was more of like a percussion thing you could yeah you can you can oscillate it though which is pretty dope that's so what i might have heard yeah you get some wild like in harmonic yeah. sounds, mm-hmm. really, yeah, because yeah. really, it was a real cool metallic stuff. They, they like sampled a ton of different stuff into it to make it sound like that. There was actually, a yeah. If I was into a Eurorack, I would definitely be into their stuff. Like I love, I've always loved the, um, uh, like Geiger Counter and Batman, mm-hmm. and you know their pedals are really cool. Um, but the modules are even better. You know, like I. I actually had a Eurorack early on, and I had a Geiger Counter Eurorack module. Nice. Yeah, nice. it was yeah, one of the first modules that I bought. Like, I just was like, I gotta have that <laughs> Geiger yeah. Counter in there. You know, it was of course. You know, when you first get started, you buy like five effects and like one oscillator. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely did that, and I had, and but I feel like I could use that module as like an extra oscillator. It was so wild. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's got all kinds of, I mean, it's intense. It's, in, it's a super intense thing, but all their stuff is intense and it's super playable, which was another thing that was super great because I, my, my plan from the get go was I wanted to be able to play live. That yes. was like, that was like, whatever I do, I have to be able to perform live. Like I'm cool with recording and stuff, but I don't want to record anything that I couldn't do live, you know, maybe not again, right? but like at least like that kind of performance. So, so lucky that WMD is here in town because that was exactly what they told me. They're like, we make modules to play live with. You know, we battle test everything. We give our stuff to you know artists. We play out all the time, and we're just like beating the hell out of these things. We know they're great for playing live. We're like, perfect. Let's mm-hmm. get in. And then the other thing that was really, really great about it was that like they have jacks for everything. They had a jack for every single, you know, parameter. And then if it had any sort of like anything internal, any kind of modulation or anything, like that, they had out jacks. So, you know, you get your, your first like couple WMD modules and you got like six or seven jacks on it already. You're like, whoa, what do I do with this? Like <laughs> I already have like all these options, you know? And that wasn't true for like everything that, that else I saw where it was like, yeah, you have some inputs, you have some outputs, but you couldn't CV everything, and you definitely couldn't get all the outputs. You only got, like, the one output that the module said. WMD was just like, nope, everything that goes in comes out. You know, 
<laughs> we got, you know, I remember I got a, um, I still have it. It's, it's, a, it's over here somewhere. But I, you know, I, the, I, I got the multi-mode VCA. That was my first VCA. You know, the thing inverts, the thing has bias, the thing mixes, the thing has saturation. It has cross It has all this stuff. And then it has the outputs, the inverted outputs, the mix, the inverted mix. I had no idea what to do. And you're like, what am I doing? I'm so glad because it was really great for expert, you know, for experimenting. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Yeah. I would talk to I would talk to um, William from the, from WMD, and I, I, he'd be like, you know, you can turn that into a ring modulator. I'm like, I don't even know what a ring modulator is yet, man. <laughs> That's cool. I got one. I, I thought I just had a VCA because everyone says get a VCA. <laughs> you know, like, well, it's a mixer. Oh, well, okay. So there I am, like just. You know, it's experimenting, and it was so good to have those modules that were definitely not like the ones that I was hearing about. They weren't like the most popular, you know, whatever. Right. But it really matched well with what I was doing with that no coast because it was so experimental. You know, it was so this so many weird things were happening in all the patch notes that you know Walker was doing. So it was a great mix. It was really good to be like wanting to do experimental stuff and being like like I, like I mentioned, like I didn't know what all the music theory was i was breaking i didn't know that so i didn't, right. I, didn't mm-hmm. want, I didn't care about it at the time so it was really nice to have those early modules that were really would have been like modules someone probably would have got into once they realized okay i want to i have all these things i want to or i know the ins and outs of synthesis enough to like mm-hmm. you know you know be really use these like the, right i was gonna say what kind of like ideas did you have about the music you wanted to make that informed those choices or was it really just you know you were going off your instincts and just kind of following your your passion yeah i was you know i was just going a lot off my instincts and uh i was you know really trying to make spacey music which I think you all appreciate, you know. Yeah, I, I think you know, that sounds like something we might be interested in. Yeah, yeah, you might. <laughs> we, uh, what? We, what? Yeah, we, what? <laughs> so yeah, I was really just trying to just do a lot of like spacey stuff, but also, um, you know, I saw those early Krell patches, and I was like, I want to make a Krell patch. Oh, okay. And, well, yeah, you know, there you go. I wanted to do that. I was really just trying to like look for that, 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 that big weird blurpy beepy sound and and then wash it with you know some reverb and stuff like that i you know i i one thing that did happen it was kind of funny at one point like i remember i said something to alex or alex said something to me about playing techno or something because i I was playing freak particular i was just doing these weird like you know strange sets and stuff it was fine it was awesome but he says, I'm not doing techno. So I said, I'm going to make a techno track. Because, you know, I used, I used to have all these held house records. I'm like, I'm going to make my version of a techno track. And I did that. And it was it was kind of like Plastic Man where it was like, doom, doom, doom. And then like, wow. You know, doom, doom. You know, this big, like, slow evolving, like, atmosphere with, like, this really scary beat underneath. And I was trying to, I was like, so then I got into that for, like, a long time. For, like, probably a year. I was just trying to, like, do. So that's when I, like, start building up my my drum modules and stuff like that oh okay yeah yeah but like i have like a lot of like and i was listening to some of it the other day it's like it's still like spacey it's just like space techno meets experimental you know melodies and strange times space techno is really cool Um, definitely i've made stuff myself that i would kind of put into that category and it's fun like it's really cool to like mix the like you know Steady I was gonna beat say, yeah. with like some some nice delay yeah. or some like side chaining and like get that really like pumpy like you know just like there's a lot you can do with that like, uh, do you think the <laughs> the x-files movies count as an episode <laughs> you know what you know what it's it's, it's i actually never saw it i never <gasps> saw the whole thing i never saw the thing it was one of those oh, there's a couple TV shows I never finished. And I think it's because at the time I got a little snobby about things. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, and also yeah. like TV yeah. wasn't as easy to track down. I would know. I was just getting, I was, I was at, I was at certain points in my life where if I got popular enough, I wanted nothing to do with it. 
I completely can relate I was to like, that. I was like that too. This, this show is way more better when I was the only one watching it, as if, you know. That was like I my say, personality for a while. Oh, yeah. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was like, it was just this, this terrible thing. I would, I was, you know, I think I just got. I missed out uh, on a lot of stuff. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I totally did. And I, and uh, I'm trying to catch up with some of it now. And I, mm-hmm. and it's funny. And I, I try to talk about that a lot about not doing that as, as, a, as, as I get, because I still see people do it. You know, and oh, sure. I, feel, I feel that pool of not liking something that's popular mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the time. And it's really, it's not healthy, you know. And I definitely, like you said. I feel you like you're staring through my soul, Jacqueline. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean I have recently found joy in like collectively enjoying popular things. That's new for me, though. It's new. It's new. It's new for me too. It's definitely like, yeah, I would say that that's been one of my big things to like go back and <laughs> enjoy life a little bit, you know, and not be such. I don't a, know. It was like cool to be like cynical and like not care and not like stuff. Not be such like a nineties yeah. cynical, cantankerous. Totally. You know, like Conan O'Brien. Like this is such a weird thing. So Conan O'Brien like starts his show on TBS and it was like, I don't know if you remember like what happened, but like, you know, he was supposed to, he was supposed oh, to take yeah. over David Letterman's spot and it didn't happen, whatever. Yes. So then he's, so he's on TBS or whatever. And I remember like, I was a Conan O'Brien fan, you know, I thought he was pretty, mm-hmm. I think he's very funny. Mm-hmm. And I remember that very first episode of that very first TBS show. He's like doing this little monologue and then he just kind of like stops and says this little like thing about like, you know, you know what? Okay, kids, don't be so cynical. You know, it's it's just not it's just not worth it. It's not like it's not good. It's not going to help you through life. That kind of stuff. And then he just then he goes right back to his monologue, and it was just like such a strange like. I remember like like you were saying, look into your soul. I was like, yeah. Well, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily funny. That it didn't flow into anything, you know. But it was just like this like really like interesting thing for him to say. And it, you know how those it's strange the things that influence you. Yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah, like that stayed with you. I feel like before he went to bed that night, he looked himself in the mirror and was like, "Only you could pull that off." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice. It was a nice thing. It, well, you know, the thing is, like, he could have said anything. He could have joked about it. He could have like just leaned into it. He could have ignored it. He could have whatever. And he just kind of got to the core of like, you know, the whole thing. Like, don't be cynical. Like whatever um so i think that's cool and it's weird you know uh the things like that stick with stick with you and mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's good you know uh it's good to do random random kind random acts of kindness is cool but also like this random philosophy <laughs> there you go it's also kind of like, you never know who you're gonna impact yeah i mean if you ever like stood in line somewhere and the person in front of you like this kind of like small talks and accidentally just like tells you the truth about everything tells you the truth about something (laughs) totally huh i was just waiting in line you know Mm -hmm. for the bank teller or whatever and now i'm just kind of wondering if i should go back to work or not (laughs) (laughs) so just pack up and just go wow like that's what it is but yeah you know people they do that and you can do it too. So I guess that's, I guess it goes back to community and just talking to people. And it's funny I love that. Yeah. I think, uh, the kinds of, you know, I don't know, the depth that we're able to get with people in this sort of like virtual space seems mm-hmm. to be a lot easier. I don't know. Like I thought I was going to hate all of this zooming. Right. And obviously we've all just gotten used to it, but like it has allowed us to have more, like we are playing more shows in, in more, you know, places around the world. Um, we are connecting with more people around the world. I am doing more connecting with, you know, even just friends or other people we're collaborating with on music. And um, I thought it would feel sterile and cold and awful and just yeah. be, I would just be over it. Like, I don't want to look at a screen, another screen, another screen. Right. But there's something that it like this sort of protection of like, well, I'm in my space and like, I feel comfortable and then I'm able to like show up in this virtual space where you're also in your space and comfortable. And like, we're all like 
maybe I'm only on chat, maybe I'm on video, right? Like, and we can set all these parameters for ourselves and then we can show up like more authentically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I've been so surprised really by that surprising. over this past yeah. year and a half. Like, you know, especially like we said in the, in the music community itself and specifically for, you know, modular synth, it's just been, I think a shift from, you know, what I was experiencing online as a woman Mm-hmm. in uh, music and in the synth community, like the shift that it happened because now we're, we're all like accepting that we do actually live in this virtual space and that like mm-hmm. the same kind of social contracts and consequences need to apply. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and it's, it's created more positive experiences for me personally. Yeah, no, it's, that's awesome for you to hear you say that. Cause I, I, I'm, I feel the same way. It is really surprising um how how we do how we're doing it how we're acting how we're being and how well it's turned out to be for mm-hmm. for so many of us i mean maybe they'll look back at it you know and yeah after a while of some sort of cool way we've we created this little coping mechanism maybe this is some collective coping mm-hmm. that we're doing um i think what you're talking about like the way it was before especially you know, with the prejudices and, mm-hmm. and the biases and all the other. Bullshit. Well, very like faceless kind yeah. of interactions, you know, where like, oh, well, that's like an alter person I have on the internet, right? Like I'm this other person during the day, right? And now we don't yeah. have that distinction anymore. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a nice guy, uh, you know, during the day and I'm just, an, you know, bigoted on the mm-hmm. online. Like it, you can't, I mean, you still could do that, but like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, we'll, we'll call you out on it. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's so definitely it harder to be that way. And it's not like the trend. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's been really uh, awesome to, to see that happen and to see those conversations going on, you know, with frequency shift and all that stuff. I think that's amazing. I think, you know, it's, it's just, I just don't feel like, Unfortunately, that that conversation was going to happen, right? Before, you know, and it would have been siloed, you know, and it just and that's just unfortunate. But you know, um, you know, you know, to be the kind of you know somber here, like a lot of people died, and a lot mm. of people are gone, and we have to not that, you know, we have to we we have to do something with with that, and we have to you know. I don't want to say make the best of it because that's not that's that's the wrong way of phrasing it, but we you know we 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 do have to reflect on what it is to be alive and why we're in a situation that those people were unfortunately not. Mm-hmm. And we we have to, to to look at that and say, well, what can I do with that? What can I do with the life that I have? With the opportunities that I have? That I was probably 90% lucky just being born into it or just, you know, in the right place, right time, whatever. I didn't mm-hmm. have to go to work. I didn't have to do this. I didn't, I wasn't raised with it, whatever, right? Like if for whatever reason you have an opportunity and, you know, first of all, better yourself, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, then, and then, and then help better the community, you know, let's, let's mm-hmm. do that. You know, we're here. We're lucky enough to be here. So um, it's one of those really strange things that I think we'll be kind of like grappling with for a long time as far as understanding. Like we're not even, it's not even we're not even done with it, but, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's still like it's like, you know, you're trying to to cope with it and you're trying to make sense of it all. And, and, and I'm really happy that like, you know, the synth community has, has done this and, and I, I want to say something about that too that's been on my mind and I hope I don't it doesn't come the wrong way but it was the community that did this it wasn't and I mean no ill will towards the people who put on shows or people who who you know supported artists in the past but it wasn't the venues you know what I mean it wasn't it wasn't the labels it was us it yeah. was the communities that that rallied around and made shows happen. It's the communities that rallied around and kept the conversation going. It was the communities that got people inspired and got them to the point to some of them even performed or released their own music. It was all us. 
you know, it probably always was always us. Mm-hmm. We've been putting so much focus on venues, promoters, and record labels that when the shit hit the fan, they were very, very vocal about how we can't survive. There's right. nothing we could do. Help us. We need to survive. But the thing is, like, the community was there the whole time. I'm not, and, and I know there's different situations and sequences, but like, we had, you know, we put our own time and money into right. it, and we made those things happen. So, you know, it's 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 kind of not to pat my back or you know everyone else, but like everybody that's watching this, everyone's part of like you kept this going. You made it happen. And when it's all when we go back in person, I hope we don't forget that that we are the power. We yeah. we are the force <laughs> to make it happen. And we don't. It's great to have a venue. It's great to have labels. But th- at the end of the day, you have to remember we don't necessarily need that to make this community. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like we were saying, like to be have gone through something that we couldn't have predicted, and that was so you know, painful and awful and devastating. Uh, but for that to be this sort of like proving ground for this community movement to happen is, uh, I mean, I can't imagine something more positive coming from it, you know, and I know how easy it is for things to kind of the potency of things to fade. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I hear what you're saying and I want to just amplify that, that, you know, it can translate as much as we've been saying how cool it is to do things virtually, like it can translate in person and we should be excited about those possibilities um, and bringing that energy to the physical spaces. Like I think Gus was saying, like we can imagine these sort of like reunion feelings Mm -hmm. of going from the virtual to the physical space um, instead of that sort of, Oh no, everything's just going to go back the way it was. And there's going to be gatekeeping and, you know, yeah, egos yeah. and stuff. Like, we don't have to. So No, we don't have to. We should not great, allow it. <laughs> great reminder. Thank you. We want to definitely, uh, you know, amplify that message and be part of, you know, that movement in that direction. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be challenging to remain positive in that aspect, but I want to see it happen, you know. <laughs> well, we have all this, you know, power now that we have behind us to, yeah. I mean, to overcome every, everything those moments. David I was saying, I I agree, you know, and I think that you know that's the that is sort of like one of the most powerful, you know, aspects about this whole thing is just you know the the power you know that we have as a community. You know, we've seen it. Just how like real it is. Yeah, it's not bots it's not you know fake accounts or something this is like a real community real people and it's like yeah it it amazes me (laughs) um and i don't know i feel like every day i'm like discovering a new artist or finding a new you know connection with someone that i can't imagine happening even just like three years ago yeah, every day I'm thinking about selling my entire rig. No, I'm just kidding. I really, honestly, don't. That's that's a pure joke. Well, this has been such a such an inspiring conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate for joining it. us. Um, yeah. Please tell us more about where we can find your music and any projects you're working on. Yeah, totally. So I think the best place to to find what I'm putting out is on Bandcamp. I put everything out on Bandcamp first. Uh, it's, Usually, I get around to putting it on the streaming service about three or four months later. Yeah, but uh, definitely like the the Bandcamp is where I'm putting all my like you know official releases. I've been spending more time putting stuff on YouTube, kind of messing around with some um, more visual stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of interesting um, to check out. So definitely check out YouTube and then. To reach me or talk to me. Uh, Sign Mountain, is that the name of your Yeah, your yeah. Channel? So I have almost everything should be findable through Sign Mountain. And so I do have a signmountain.com. I don't really keep it up that often. <laughs> I, my Instagram is probably like the other area, also Sign Mountain. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm so, you know, I also run Colorado Module Synth Society. So 
wherever that is. You can Which eat. we really didn't talk about enough. In <laughs> my opinion. Like I, we could do it. We'll, we'll get Monocene on here sometime, and you know, he's been a big part of that this, oh, this last year. So, but yeah, yeah. So anywhere that is, I'm. That's usually me talking <laughs> in the background. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> that's usually yeah. easy me. Um, uh, so you can reach me in any of those channels. But yeah, so yeah, I'm all, I'm all over the place. I'm I'm doing a event every fourth Sunday of the month on on the for Colorado Marginal Sin Society. The next one is um on the twenty seventh and that's gonna be about small cases. Um and then after that will be uh July skies. Yes. And so you all have been on the sky um project before. So that's yeah. gonna it's gonna be awesome. So we'll do that. But yeah and then you know and then, and then you know just as an artist I've I have a lot of recordings and um, slowly kind of just, you know, going, listening to them again and trying to figure out what to put out. But I'm also doing a lot of um, focusing on this, on the small case right now and, and trying to do, it's weird. So I'm at a stage right now where I'm, you know, I'm still in love with experimental, you know, music and atmospheric and cinematic kind of, vibes but i'm really being super intentional about tones and even even to a certain degree like the underlying um, compositions of it i'm thinking a lot about i spent a lot of time just working on the tone before i put any effects on it before i start even you know writing anything for it and in my head i have like these little they're sort of melodies, but they're like these little motifs I kind of want to get through and I want to like hit on. And so it's very, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more structured. And if you listen to like any of my last two albums, you know, especially the last one, it was, it's this idea that I can kind of build with these very specific blocks. And then when I'm actually performing, I can still improvise, but I, I, Mm. And I, know, I know the textures that I'm dealing with, and it's weird. Not so much as getting away from me, which is I'm having less happy accidents. Sure, and, it, and it's on purpose, and it's mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, I do. I have my happy accidents when I'm in when I'm in my R and D stage, mm-hmm. and then when I'm actually there, I'm like, cool. I know this is what I want to do. I want to hit this point. I want to hit this motif. This is the part of the story where it gets like this. This is this is the part of the of the 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 vibe that goes here. So you're like telling a story and mm-hmm. you know being much more of a yeah a conductor of sorts. And yeah, as That's much cool. as I can with 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 the you know, way modular is where it does mm-hmm. kind of stretch and pull a lot. So um, that's really cool, man. Yeah, so so I think that that'd be interesting to see how that works out and watch this in a year and see where I'm at. I might be doing techno space music, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun I to check in. Expect at least one techno space track. At least one. At least one. Yeah. Yeah.